Welcome everyone to the College Parent Podcast. My name is Emma Leonard. And my name is Sydney Giles. And we want to thank you for joining us. On today's episode, we will be interviewing Dr. Brittany Giles and discussing the importance of taking fine arts courses while in college. Let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome, Brittany, to the College Parent Podcast. Hi! So, Brittany, if you want to go ahead and briefly introduce yourself and your background in fine arts and in music. So, my name is Dr. Brittany Giles. I am the current owner and founder of Studio G LLC, which is essentially just my private studio of bassoon and color guard students. Uh, I'm also the director of color guards at Owen County High School in Owington, Kentucky. And I think it's very important for me to tell you that I spent nine and a half years in college. So I have a very different outlook on what colleges, what college students should do and should not do, (laughs) um, for lack of a better term, because I was a professional college student for nearly a decade. Um, And so I am teaching bassoon and color guard basically uh throughout the like louisville area diving into our conversation today how do you think um learning the fine arts can transform a student's educational experience that is a very large bucket of worms very very large because i have seen people that i went to high school with and people that i knew in high school i have seen them because my my high school was a very arts I don't want to say focused, but art-centered. It was very welcoming of everyone to pursue the arts, specifically the performing arts and the theater program, uh, which was really cool because we had a full life pit and all that kind of stuff. Um, But those people in high school that were in theater, in choir, or in, in band, and then went off to college and then didn't do any of those things, now looking back almost... 12 years later, um, they're now not doing what they set out to do or they didn't finish college at all. And I'm not saying that it's because they weren't in a fine art or they weren't weren't doing anything that was an art at all, but I'm saying it is a very large part of the mental health conversation around going to college now. Because I feel like, I, I saw this on TikTok and then a a couple months back and then realized like, oh, that is kind of what happens, especially as a as a person who went to college for fine arts for 10 years, basically. The thing that was my escape in high school then became my job. And then I had nothing to escape to. Mm-hmm. And so it really, really dragged on my mental health. And the, the thing that I, I found was color guard, teaching color guard and, and keeping involved in the marching arts community at least was the thing that became my escape from my bassoon even though I still loved my bassoon but it became my job and we all need you know little outlets and little pockets of happiness and joy and whatnot and when we go to school for the thing that is what we're passionate about which we should do absolutely that is absolutely what we should do that is usually the thing that was our escape when we were younger. I know a a colleague of mine, she was in the anthropology department at uh, Michigan State and she really, really loved anthropology and was she was she was that weird kid in middle school and high school that would just geek out about history and like 
the cultural side of history and things like that. And then she went to school for anthropology as she should, because she would geek out about history and cultures and all of that kind of things. And she found that she stopped loving those things because it became her job. She found, and maybe this isn't necessarily an art form, but she found CrossFit. And that's how I got to know her was through CrossFit. And that was her escape. So I think to kind of round this all back to answering your question, the way learning a fine art or even just consuming a fine art can transform a student's education experience is making it so you can get through the education experience. Going off of that, how how do you think the experience of learning a fine art in college can transfer to life after college? With music specifically, because um, that's where the perspective I'm speaking from. With music specifically, it is essentially, especially when playing in an ensemble or singing in an ensemble, you are doing your part towards a common goal. Like you, you are still yourself. You are still who you are as a player, as a singer, as whomever, but you are also under the direction of another person and, and potentially have to work with other people right next to you who are doing similar things, but different things. And I'm just describing playing a piece in an orchestra or playing a piece with a band or singing a piece with a choir. But I could also be describing working in a nine to five. Mm -hmm. So that is a very, and that is something that you can't really teach outside of like the environment. And that is something that musicians, especially, I'm not, I I can't speak for the visual arts because I did not do the visual arts at all, but musicians, especially like that, we do that on a daily basis. And we practice our our specific part to make sure that it's still towards the common goal. We take our things home Mm -hmm. and we do the things at home that we need to do to make the the common goal better. So yeah, so that's that's the biggest thing that I've been able to transfer from my degrees as a musician to kind of life as an adult that I'm still trying to figure out for myself because I it's only not even been two years yet, but that is the biggest thing is working with a group, but still being who you are and being staying true to yourself. There's also that sense of finding out who you are through that experience. And that's, that's just life, man. I had it said all the time. Um, when I was in Michigan, I was the director of color guards at Okemos high school. The biggest thing that I always told them was this is just flags on a football field. It's not anything crazy, poignant. Like it's just you're just spinning bed sheets taped to a pole with electrical tape to music that may or may not be in time. Will it actually affect you in 10 years? Probably not, unless you decide to go. But the big thing was that I was not there to create color guard performers i was there to create better humans the big thing that i think you learn through color guard specifically is how to take criticism without feeling like you're being personally victimized and how to unfortunately put a mask on of like like that the whole adage of fake it till you make it is like the thing that you do in color guard. Um, You perform 
take that sentence whichever way you want to. So you learn how to deal with all kinds of life things that happen to you, but you still have a job to do. Um, And you can't let the things that are happening, anything outside of that, you can't let it determine who you are in your job. And that is the biggest thing that I, I try to teach my kids still to this day. You can't look at me for validation. You can't look at anybody else for validation. And regardless of what happened outside of here, rehearsal, when you come in, you leave it at the door. You can pick it up on the way out. We actually used to have a basket outside the door that we would like physically, visually, like take all of our stuff, all of our problems in life and place them in the basket at the door. And then we would like physically, obviously nothing was in this basket, but it was just the the act of, all right, that's there. I'll pick it up on my way out and being able to separate like, okay, this is life and this is job and this is my job that I have to do. That is also a really big transferable skill that you can't really teach in adulthood, which college kids are adults. There's a lot, but it's like, it's, there's so many intangible things that I don't really notice that I've picked up on in my fine art. That's just, it's just who I am. Because there's so many options for students in regards to fine arts. And like you said, music, we've said visual art. Um, If a student's struggling to choose a fine art to study, what do you suggest to help them narrow it down? If you are struggling to pick one, then it's because you need to redefine what is fine art for you. Most of the time when we define fine art, we think of the symphony and we think of, you know, the, 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 the highest of arts, which is orchestras and music and classical music specifically, and, you know, Picasso's and paintings and things like that. But we don't necessarily think of just crafting. Heck, pick, pick up a coloring book, grab you some, grab you a coloring book, grab you some colored pencils or crayons if you, if that's what you prefer. And that's, there's your fine art and it doesn't have to be something that requires 10,000 hours for you to master it's just something fun for you to do to get away from the hustle and bustle of life as a college student which can be very anxiety inducing very anxiety inducing (laughs) so it's a little it's a little counterintuitive like if you are trying to narrow down what you want to do, you probably know exactly what you want to do and you just need to broaden your definition of fine art. Because I found myself president of my fraternity in my undergrad and I found myself really, really loving crafting and painting for my littles. And they still have those things to this day, almost 10 years later. It's great. That was my, for a really long time for like, five, six years, that was my escape from the reality that was my major, which was very, very anxiety inducing and very, very depressing for lack of a better term. And even if you have like absolutely zero art skills, like I can't draw, it doesn't have to be something that you have to spend 10,000 hours to try and perfect. You can just have those 15, 20 minutes every week 
even of just calming yourself, centering yourself and saying, this is for me. And I'm not going to allow anything else into this time and space just so you can have that stillness. And that's honestly what's most important in college studenting today is finding that balance of getting your work done, but also not being burnt out because you're trying to get your work done so much. Also, think of what you love to do as a kid. Like when you would just go off in your imagination, I loved to color and like pick up my markers and make messes everywhere to my mother's and father's chagrin. But that's what I love to do. Cindy loved to do the exact same thing. And also like Barbies was my favorite thing. So I would go and write stories all the time. And like, you don't have to narrow it down. Just think of what you loved as a kid. Your inner child will thank you, I promise. Thank you for sharing, Brittany. For the parents listening at home, what can they do to help their student be successful in exploring a fine art, especially if they might not know one themselves? This is going to sound so simple, but just be supportive. To, to give a wonderful example, my mom is very much a, like, she knows what I do much more intimately um, than my dad does because she also played a one-wood instrument and also did color guard. So she knows, like, the terminology and, like, what it takes and all that kind of stuff. My dad has no clue. My dad has absolutely no clue. He was a drummer. And, and he, he will say he was a drummer, not a percussionist. And there is a distinction and that's fine. If you don't know it, big thing is that my dad has never missed a concert. My dad will also ask questions so that he understands better. He, he does know way more now about, especially color guard than he did. What was it? 17 years ago when I first started color guard. Um, like he had an idea cause he did marching band and he did all of that kind of stuff. Like he, he knew they were there, but especially the kind of stuff that we do now and the activity, like it just, it, it blows his mind. Biggest thing I can say is that the best thing he does is ask questions and physically listens to the answers. And he's there more often than not because he wants to be there and he wants to support what I'm doing. He asks questions and isn't afraid to be told the answer either. And he remembers the answer. More specific example, the this past March, he came to Owen County's um, Winter Guard Championships and he still doesn't know much about Color Guard. Let me throw that out there again. Still doesn't know that much about Color Guard. Um, but he he came a little bit early and watched a couple of the, the groups that went on before us and we were really relatively last in our class um to go on and so he watched a couple of the groups before us and the few groups that were after us and then he came and found me in our little like hallway space that they give us at competitions and was like your group moves like you he would he like recognized specific performers like oh you did this really good you knew that this really good and this is this is the thing that you did really well and um i asked him what do you mean my groups my group moves like me and he was like the rest of the groups that you went against today they just moved very clunkily and he used that word specifically because it burned into my mind they moved very clunkily and very heavy and your group moves like you and i didn't realize that he at first i i didn't realize that he was talking about body quality and body movement and 
those are things that we talk about all the time within the color guard community of like, how do you build that? How do you build that? And even though he didn't know the words to describe an industry standard, he was still able to pick up on it and be like, that's really good. That is not to say that he's an expert in doing that. He literally just observed what was around him and listened and watched and told me something that I did well and something that they did well. And I think that is the biggest thing that any parent can do. Be truly supportive, watch. If, the, if, they have, if they have a performance coming up and they want you to be there, be there. If there's a way that you can, if, the, if, the, if you can't and there's a way that you can watch elsewhere, do it. And don't just watch, but comment on what you're watching on what you've just watched or just listened to and be like, I don't know what happened. And you may not know what happened, but this was really cool. My favorite part was this. Listen to, and if they want to start geeking out about it to you afterwards, let them and listen to what they're saying. You'll probably learn a little bit of what they're trying to do too. The biggest thing that I could say to any parent any any parent, of, especially if I were to go up to any parents of my kids and be like, thank you for being supportive. Thank you for being here. But yeah, that's the biggest thing is just watch and listen and let them geek out. Because if they're geeking out, that means they're having fun. Honestly, that's all you can ask for. Especially as a person who really loves teaching music to non-majors. When I see non-music majors geeking out about music, like that's, I've done my job. If somebody, mm -hmm. if a non-music major is geeking out about music and like listening and loving and wanting to consume more, like I've done my job. That's mm -hmm. what I've done. That's awesome, Brittany. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, we're so glad that we were able to have you on today. As we wrap up this episode, we want to thank Brittany for taking the time to be a guest on our show. If you want to learn more, check out our other The College Parent Podcast episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Have a great day and see you next time.